Hi, everyone. It's Helen Joy Butler here, home energy alchemist, sanctuary creator, and elemental space clearer. And welcome to today's episode of Musings on Sanctuary and Spirituality. We're here with the beautiful Lisa Murray. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Helen. How are you doing today? I'm really well. Thank you so much for joining me for today's Sanctuary Chat. Let's let everyone know a little bit about who you are before we dive on in. So Lisa is a transformational coach for conscious, creative visionaries. Her vision is for you to know the truth of who you are and for you to create whatever makes you thrilled to be alive. Lisa's work intuitively invites you to activate your undimmable presence, trust your knowing and create the magical love-fueled future your soul knows is possible. An unconventional mix of magical, mystical and the entrepreneurial, Lisa has been creating businesses since she was eight. In the last 10 years, she's written two books, Stop Waiting, Start Creating and Living Beyond Burnout and created over 150 courses, retreats and live events globally. You are a powerhouse, Lisa. Well, I like to create. That's really what it comes down to is I really enjoy creating. <laughs> I just love it. I, I love creating too, but I think sometimes when people hear creating as a concept, they think they've got to paint or they've got to do something which perhaps fits the traditional box of create. And I know that I'm very creative, but, and yes, I do with my hands. Uh, we were just talking off air, you know, for me, clothes is a really creative pursuit as well. So let's talk about creativity to start yeah, with. I think we can sure. talk about a thousand things. We um, can. <laughs> but creativity for you, why is that such a big part of your world, your life? Has it always been? Did it come in later? Like, what's the story for you? Yeah, that is such a good question. So I think that it really got activated when I had that last very horrific round of burnout because I got to this point where I wasn't being creative in any part of my, well, the, only in renovating a house. That was the only place I was being creative. But the rest of my life was all about work, 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 you know. And when I, I went to see this life direction psychic and she was pretty much like, uh, you need to be more creative. Like that's what you, how you're built. And I was like, Oh, and I'd forgotten, like when I was maybe about 16 or 17, I remember playing with my mum's paints, her watercolours for hours one day. And at the end of it, she said to me, do you realise that's the most peaceful I've almost ever seen you be? And I was like, oh, oh, but I didn't really get it back then. You know, when you're that age, it's just like, it's gone. And so, but I think once I had the burnout and once I really realised, okay, the creativity is what's going to actually bring me alive again then it just one thing led to another led to another and then I couldn't stop <laughs> that's so beautiful and I love that it came for your mum as well like the it, it's like there was this seed planted mm. and allowed her comment allowed that seed to kind of grow and blossom and now you create if you're watching this on YouTube Lisa's got this beautiful artwork behind her are these your pieces yeah those ones are actually oh yeah all those ones are yeah yeah, amazing amazing let's talk about that incredible word that was in your bio which 
Oh my gosh, when I read that today, it brought me so much joy. And that was that word undimmable. And mm -hmm. I think that there's a lot of us historically, or perhaps now if we're listening, who have dialed down the dimmer switch on whether it's how we speak, how we look, how we show up in the world, the work that we do. Like there's probably a thousand ways that we might dim our light. Why is this now such an important concept? Like, why do we now need to just kind of throw all that out the bin and just go, it's time for me to, to you know, light up my spark or share me more fully with the world? Yeah. Look, I think that, that what you're asking there, comes from the en energetic underpinnings of the world we're living in right now. You know, it's that time, because, I, I mean, we, we've come through a big phase in, say, the last 10, 15 years of people wanting to be visible and a real obsession with visibility. But there's a very big difference between visibility and being undimmable. And what I think is that we've moved to that point of, oh, yeah, so I could be visible. But being undimmable is this strength and a resilience and a, a sense of I will shine my light no matter what. And I think because, you know, in the world we're moving into quite interesting times, shall we call them. And so, you know, there's going to be a lot of change over this next, say, 10 years, a lot of change, like to the point where potentially the world will be quite unrecognisable, you know, 10 years from now. And so... If we have, like to me, undimmable is this really strong anchor. It is that lighthouse on the cliff, you know. It's that, that energy where you're, you're so clear in who you are that no matter what comes to you, you're going to have a way to be present with it and to be able to respond to it in, you know, healthy ways rather than falling in a heap on the floor somewhere, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever read this book called the I think it's called the top five regrets of the dying by Bronnie Ware I haven't actually no yeah, in it because when I read undimmable this was kind of uh, reminded me of part of what was in her book which mm. was she had this concept remember the old I say the old-fashioned light bulb shape because there's so many yes. new ones but the old-fashioned yes, yes. light bulb and that how people external to us but also we ourselves throw mud at our own light over our lifetime or over a period of time and that mud then gets caked on because obviously there's this light inside and it's warm and then this it just kind of gets all gooey and then it's our job to try and remove that so that our light starts to shine more fully. I think that's a beautiful way of saying it because it's true actually because every person underneath all of that stuff is undimmable you know but we don't always feel like we are yeah and we don't we probably don't give other people permission to show up as they are and I yeah. when I say that I'm not saying that we're necessarily judgmental but you know when we bring up our children or if we're in certain situations where we're kind of maybe in a, a position of authority, then we have, I'm going to say agenda, we have our own agendas. Um, or perhaps we've got society's expectations on us or our family or whoever's expectations. And then we, we try and mould um, our reality, I think. Mm because of all that expectation and sometimes we just need to say it's I'm enough and I'm okay and I just need to allow all of that to, to 
to drop. Do you think some of this concept of undimmable would help with that? Yes, yes, absolutely. You know, it's funny. On the weekend, I went to two parties in one night. Very unlike me. (laughs) It's not, not, not my general thing, being the huge raving introvert that I am. And... It was, and I went with a friend, so they weren't parties of people I knew. They were like, I was just going with my friend just for entertainment, you know. And the first party was, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Like there was just people hanging out and everyone was really authentic and really friendly. And, you know, people were just playing drums and dancing and whatever they felt like doing. And it was like full free self-expression for everybody. And I met so many beautiful people and like instant connections, you know, deep conversations, all of that stuff. And then we went to the second party and I thought I was going to die (laughs) because it was almost the polar opposite. It was the in crowd, let's just call it, you know, that kind of energy of all these people trying to prove that they're somebody. And, you know, it was because, you know, I spent most of last year sleeping and I haven't been that social. And so it was such a culture shock to me. I was like, oh, oh, whoa, what? (laughs) And then I was like, okay. So I just went outside and there was a fireplace and I just sat there and I literally, there was one guy sitting there and I chatted to him a bit and it was great because it wasn't any pressure to have a conversation. We enjoyed each other. We learned some things, you know, but that was it. And I was like, I wasn't there for all of that, what I would call the not present energy. I was there for the present energy. And I think this is the distinguishing thing when you're being undimmable is if I had tried to fit in to the party scene, well, it would have been even more excruciating, you know what I mean? Whereas I was just like, well, no, here I am. I'm the lighthouse and I am going to be me, which is go outside to the quiet space and it'll work out. And, you know, I could have sat there by myself and I did for a little while and I was quite happy with that too. And I think this is the energy of undimmable. It's not about having to be the center of attention. It's literally about allowing yourself to be exactly who you are so that whatever is meant for you can find you. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I kind of got that moth to a flame kind of image that if I'm just okay with me, um, and energetically that is, um, I want to say exuding, but if that's present or someone else picks up on the energy of Helen or the energy of Lisa uh, or the energy of perhaps of that man sitting outside, like there was obviously a reason for you to be in his presence and, and him in yours just for that short touch point. But to, I think we've all been in a room or all been in a, at a concert or a space or something where someone has just presented themselves and we there's something about it but it's this inner glow it's not bells Mm. and whistles or fancy outfit they could be in the you know torn jeans and the 20 year old t-shirt but there's something about them that shines and does this link beautifully I think it might in my head it does anyway does this link beautifully to this concept of you know what is truth and the magic of you Totally. Yeah. Because you see, most people are trying to be someone else. I hate to say it, but that's the reality, right? And like they see someone else and the grass is greener over there. But what they don't realize is that grass is greener because that person is closer to their own magic and truth and beauty. Yeah. No. Yeah. And so that's the only reason the grass looks greener over there. And, and I think for a lot of us, you know, sometimes it can take a lot of um, 
experiences to realize this because, you know, particularly in the entrepreneurial world, you know, everyone's thing is more exciting than the last person's thing, you know, there's a lot of, let's just say comparison. And so it's really um, quite a discipline to look at this and go, okay, no, I'm just going to stay in my lane and trust that if I'm in my lane, the right people are going to find my street, you know? Yes, yes. And it's as though I don't really need to do anything other than spend time with me, heal me, um, I don't know, do the things that bring me back to me so that I know what that path is and then I'm not out there kind of grasping at the next shiny object. Yes. Well, I think, you know, we do need to sometimes take action, right? It's not like you can do nothing, although for some people it does work like that. But I do think that might depend on their their energy imprint, because for me, if I do nothing and stay at home by myself, not much happens, right? But if I go about my life in creative, playful, magical ways, then everything comes onto my path that I require. And whenever something's not working, for me, it's, oh, where's my creativity? Where's my play? Where's my magic? And let's bring those things alive again. And then things change very quickly. And I think that's what we forget because we're often, you know, so often going, oh my gosh, why isn't it working? When actually it's like, oh, you just need to show up as who you really are. And then, you know, you are undimmable. No one can turn that light off. And yeah, I, I, it was really interesting at this party because I watched different people for a little bit. And then I realized I really wanted to go outside because I was watching all these people trying to turn on their light enough that other people would notice them. And I was like, no, no, you don't have to. And it was almost, you know, a bit of an empath, but excruciating actually in some ways. So, so I think that it's, it's more about inspired action maybe would be what, how I would describe it. It's that thing of like going, yeah, well, I'll act when I feel to, but not necessarily for the sake of it. You know, I don't, I don't, I think that time of acting for the sake of it or acting because you should, or because that's how everyone says you do it. I think that time is pretty close to over. Yeah. And hallelujah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Been waiting a long time. (laughs) A very long time. I feel as I need to share a story here because I think this is um, representative of what we've been talking about so far. So I was at my local large shopping centre about a month ago, maybe three weeks ago. And I walked into one of the boutiques there, which is a boutique I rarely walk into, but I had something nice in the window and I thought, I'll just go and have a look around. And I can't remember what I was wearing, but I think it was a, a particular belt. The sales assistant came up to me and she said, oh my gosh, I love that belt. And I just turned and went, oh, you know, thank you. That's very kind. And then she looked me in the eye and she went, oh my gosh, I know you. And of course, I then did my Helen quickly scan my brain and go, like I I had no visual in my brain of this lady. And I just looked at her and went, oh, hi, I'm Helen. And she said, oh yeah, I know you from, and she said the name of the town my twin sister lives in, identical twin sister. And so then I went, oh, so you know, and I said my sister's name and then she, you know, nearly fell over because that's what a lot of people often do. But through the conversation, this I think is really, this is the crux of um, the message here. Through the conversation, she said something to me and I said, oh, yeah, that's something my sister likes, but it's not what I like. And she just looked at me like, oh, 
but why is that? Because <laughs> we're different. <laughs> I said, because we're two different people. Yeah. Um, and she, she, firstly, a lot of people do that anyway around identical twins. It's not just mm. us. But what I'm trying to say there is that whether I'm an individual trying to be like someone else out in the world or whether I'm a coupling like my sister and I are and people assume we're the same, mm. we need to really strip all that away and just go, there's, I don't know how many people live in the world, Lisa, do you know, something billion? Seven something billion. Yeah. Yeah. So seven something billion different souls all with their beautiful own unique imprint let's Mm -hmm. start to you know I'm just kind of picturing a new world if everybody starts to tap into all of that I think it lifts my heart up actually when I yeah well it's very exciting because what happens when we have everyone living as who they came here to be is that the world gets incredibly wonderful because everyone is in the flow doing their thing you know, and there's enough for everybody because they're actually, that's how it's designed, you know. Yes. It's, it's really quite thrilling. Yes. So I think this leads a beautiful segue into this concept of soul-led versus spiritual. Because I'm oh. sure that you and I have had <laughs> conversations around this before. Um, what yes. are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it's a big topic, this one. <laughs> And somewhat contentious, let's just say right up front. Yeah. So I think the thing is that what I would say is what a lot of people call spiritual is the, what I would call the pretense of spiritual is it's the, I've got the right crystals. I'm saying the right mantras or affirmations. I'm doing the right things. Okay. But there's nothing in that that comes from the heart, that comes from the soul you know, and, and, you know, I was listening to, I'm obsessed with Clubhouse at the moment, like quite outrageously so. (laughs) And I was listening to someone this morning and it's actually on a a talk about human design, but this guy, and he was very, he was a shaman or he's a shaman and quite amazing actually in his energy. And what he was saying is that um, like the spirit is of now in this body, in this time, the soul is forever in essence and so when I look at all of this what I'm looking for is well what what's the soul desiring me Lisa in this body at this time to have the experience of because ultimately you know I'm just the the decoy on the planet earth you know so to speak (laughs) I'm not necessarily the the one fully in charge and so and of course, we are in the sense of what we choose day to day, but there's this, this essence of us which goes from body to body. And, you know, look, for me, I've had experiences where my body has given me so much information about other lives. And I'm like, how does that even work? Because, like, it's a body from this life, you know. But I, and I've, I've had conversations with people and it gets really fascinating. So the thing is, our body has a soul remembrance, if that, for want of a better description. Whereas when we go to that sort of, the what I'm going to call the pretense of spiritual because it's not true spiritual you know choices there it's literally all those things that are called spiritual in the world that aren't really about the truth and the beauty and the magic of who we are right they're about all these ways you should fall should I think should being the operative word with the spiritual should follow to become 
what you already are, you know, whereas I'm much more like um, Bronnie Ware, you were talking about earlier about it's no, it's just taking off the layers that aren't yours. It's kind of like, you know, you go out in the snow and you've got 19,000 layers on. And when you come back in, you take them all off because they're not you, right? You don't need them anymore. And it's the same thing um, when I think when we talk about soul and spirit, because if we just show up as the being, as that soul, as, as you know, the um, full expression of who we are, often we don't need all the spiritual, I'm going to say, tools um rituals um all the things you know and for me i I, i've always been a bit of one to find the shortcuts you know (laughs) and so i used to look at all that stuff and go oh it seems to take a lot of time but not much result you know (laughs) and so i went on a much more direct path in many ways to really find well what is my being and how does it like to show up in this world at this time and you know Am I happy with that? And how's this going to work going forward? So, yeah, I just think it's a lot. A lot of people go down a path with spirituality that in some ways slows them down. It's a great activator and awakener. But then you have to look at, well, is this propping me up or is it actually uncovering who I am? Yeah, beautifully said. I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, Lisa. I, I think many of us have been on this journey of spirituality versus soul-led um and i'm i mean obviously this podcast is called musings on centering spirituality it's a good topic for us to be talking about at the moment yeah um because energetically there's been very much that you know guru on the mountain and i will follow Mm -hmm. his or her lead in my Mm -hmm. spiritual quest instead of going objectively you know some of that learning is great some of that learning is crap some of that learning was detrimental to my growth. Mm. Um, and so what does that really look like now? And that's that switch, I think, to that soul ledge. Mm. The trick, and this is not a trick, that's the wrong word. A lot of people say to me, as I'm sure people say to you as well, how do you flip the switch? How do you go from... Well, that person knows more than me. I've read a thousand books. I've been to a thousand courses. I've now got all this stuff. But now how do I create my own recipe to connect with my soul? Um, I think it's, a, it's, it's very much an individual journey. And we could probably talk about a thousand different ways to go about it. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned just before about, you know, you took a much more direct route. So are you happy to share what that was? Yeah, I can share some of it. Um, yeah. So for me, um, let me see. Sorry. It's a very convoluted topic for me in many ways because they were, well, so when I was about 14, my parents discovered positive thinking, not their most exciting move from my perspective because it was very much the um, spiritual bypassing oh you must be thinking wrong if bad things are happening to you you know and that did not go well when you're being bullied you know so so that for me was very stressful and I think it always gave me this awareness that that stuff that was touted as really awesome may not be 
you know. And so I think that was probably the first piece that sort of had me a bit like, hmm, what's going on here? And, you know, then I went through different things. You know, I went through a phase of going to meditation and doing meditation three times a day. But I realized that it wasn't taking me anywhere, you know, and because I need to do moving meditation, as an example, like my body is built for movement. And so sitting still just meant my cute little head tripping mind just kept on going, you know, wasn't much action there so then I you know when I had the burnout I found um, a modality that helped because I had a lot of physical pain and I, I followed that for a while and they were very much about being and I won't mention them because I don't necessarily agree with all their teachings anymore but I am grateful for what I learned about being because what it showed me was it, it matched an energy I was aware of but I never had any words for as such you know and so I also want to say this that if if you're someone who has a lot of the spiritual stuff going on um look at what it brings you because you know some are some of those things I do just for the pleasure okay and it's not because I think they're going to create great big transformations in my life because generally for me they haven't but what they do do is bring a level of pleasure into my life and I think that that's very important to acknowledge it's like let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, you know so um for me then what I really started to look at and you know in that modality I was always asking well how can I have all the gifts and skills that I had for all the lives now because I couldn't understand why I couldn't just have it all now I'm like if my body knows these other lives then hello where's the rest of it you know and they would always sort of say to me no no just be happy with what you got and I didn't realize that what I had was so good. And this is the truth for every single one of us, okay? But until you really sink into that space and allow yourself to fully be grateful for yourself and to fully acknowledge everything you are, you don't see yourself. And I, I'd still say I don't, you know, and none of us really do. We don't fully see ourselves because there's so many facets. But what I do know is that if you... It's the being present with yourself, you know, and, and that takes courage because for a lot of us, you know, there's, there's always been um, this sort of subtle, you know, like the gas, well, not so subtle in some cases, like the gaslighting, the you're not enough, you know, all those societal messages that we receive. So the last thing we want to do is be present with ourselves because that feels downright terrifying, you know, and, and I think for me, you know, having had that bullying at quite a young age, what I was always terrified that I would find out I was a bad person. And the real gift of the being really willing to come to presence with myself has to realize that, you know, almost none of us are. There's a few people that truly are genuinely not, you know, not good people. But on the whole, the vast majority of people on planet Earth have a good heart that has been damaged in some way and so when you start to unpack all of that you realize well here I am and I don't really need to do anything except to show up as me and allow things to keep on evolving and I think you know the book The Surrender Experiment I don't know if you've ever read that yeah Michael A. Singer really that was a great book for me because I was a bit of a, a head tripper and an overthinker and a planner and a control freak that book really made a huge difference in terms of turning that around and going oh oh I see how this works 
I don't have to control everything to have a marvelous life, you know? So yeah, that was really useful. So there's mm. a few things for you. Does that help? Yeah, no. Oh yeah, totally, totally helps because I think that we can all picture times in our lives when we have felt less than for whatever reason. Mm. And in, I'm just going to use myself because it's really the only one I know pretty well. <laughs> I have lots of conversations with me. Um, there's things that have happened in my life that I certainly didn't expect. And some of those have been really amazing. And some of those have had me, I want to say rocking in the corner, but actually even worse than rocking in the corner, you know, like feeling like I went through this situation years ago and I used to ex describe it as I felt like I was a squashed ant underneath someone else's foot. Mm. We've all been at those extremes. And it's how do we be kind and gentle and loving to ourselves, knowing that we are this soul that's had so many experiences. We've been there before. We just may or may not remember it um, or have conscious awareness of it. So how can we be really kind and loving to ourselves on a great day and how can we be really kind and loving to ourselves on a shit day and how can we also be really kind and loving to everybody else because they are in the same situation I don't I'm sure you're the same as me Lisa we go out into the world and we smile at people and we say hello and we you know hold the door open or whatever the kind of little acts that we do for other people and I'm always fascinated by the response I get in return which unfortunately isn't often what I am hoping to receive but at the same time I then have to go that's okay that's their journey Helen you can keep going and you can do that again in 30 seconds or in two minutes or in two weeks or whatever and you can still be kind and loving and compassionate to yourself in and amongst the crazy and everyone else in and amongst the crazy because if 2020 has taught us anything and it's crazy right <laughs> yeah for sure and you know what you're saying there is an incredible example of being undimmable you know because when we know how we want the world to be you know that we want it to be a kinder more beautiful more loving space then we go out into the world as that and it doesn't matter what the world gives us back actually that's not what's relevant it's that we added that energy to the world again and again and again and that's resilience and I think a huge part of being undimmable actually is resilience you know and I think too for highly sensitive or highly aware people we're often told or hear that we are not resilient and I would argue black and blue that we are much more resilient than non-highly sensitive or highly aware um, I would totally agree with you because the thing is, you know, I love, I, yes, the non-aware. <laughs> yes, indeed. And it's funny, you know, because they like, you know, I grew up in a family that was like, you're oversensitive. And, you know, there was a lot of judgment around that. And, but it has made me intensely resilient and, you know, now I look at it and I go, you know, if they were aware of what I am aware of, they would not have the ease that I have. 
you know. And I think that's something for those of us who are in that highly sensitive, highly aware phase to really look at. And it's, you know, it is seen as a weakness in many cases. And yet for us to be able to get out of bed and go and do what we do every day, we have to have this incredible courage and this incredible resilience and this knowing and trust in ourselves that we're here and we're doing what we came here to do. Mm, beautifully said. I did a couple of podcast episodes earlier this year on this concept of a word for the year. And I threw out word for the year in about, I'm going to guess, 2017 or 2018, maybe even a bit before that. Um, and I, for two years solid, let's say it was 2018 and 2019, I chose And these are things that I wanted to gift myself. I wanted to show up for other people and I wanted to receive those. So we're talking about kindness. We're talking about compassion. We're talking about love or joy or, you know, there were two, three or four traits for those years. And it's interesting because, you know, it's still in January as this conversation um, is happening and there's still a lot of people, you know, out in the world talking about their business and, oh, this is my personal word for the year or my professional word for the year. And to me, it's really, really external and it doesn't feel, maybe again, this is this kind of this spiritual concept. I'm going to strive for this thing. Whereas what I'm talking about and what you're talking about as well is this soul-led, how can I, you know, turn this around um, to focus on what's important to me? Because what's important to me is inevitably going to be important to other people and they're the people we're going to want to have around us anyway, right? I yeah. do. Yeah, totally, totally. Can I add something around this whole word of the year thing? Please, yes. Yeah, so I, because I also probably around that same timing sort of went, oh yeah, okay, word for the year, not, not really working for me how I thought. And what I ended up doing is going for an energy theme for the year. And it's quite different actually when you go for the energetic theme. And then this year, like, because my mum can read the Akashic Records. And I said to her, and I haven't, for the last couple of years, I didn't get it because normally she would have channeled me a word for the year, right? And then this last couple of years, I was like, no, no, it's not the time for that. And then this year, I felt to get her to do it. And she came back with two words, which I turned into a phrase, which actually matched exactly one of the projects I knew I would be working on. And what I realized was this year for me will be a series of energy themes. It won't last, they won't last the year because there's so much change. And, and I think sometimes when we choose those things, we put ourselves into a box and we're like, oh, we have to keep focusing on this. But the energy is shifted over here. You know, it's, it's sort of three, three, three words away, you know, by now or three energies away. So there's something really interesting in what you're saying about how we have to keep adapting because as the world changes and as things move a lot faster and the change I feel the change is going to come in ways that are unexpected and uncontrollable. And so our adaptability and our, you know, our undimmability, whatever you want to call it, are going to become very important because if we can't keep, like if we just go to, oh, but that's my word for the year, I'm sticking with that. <laughs> what chance have we got, you know, by the end of the year, we'll be so far off track. So I'm really glad you raised that because I think it's something that, you know, we all need to look at maybe, you know, every two to three months and just go, okay, is this still on track? Yeah, 
do that with anything else, right? We might think, well, you know, this is my usual breakfast routine, but then after a while I'm not happy with it, so I'm going to change it. Or, I don't know, just those flippant little things in our life. We know I'm going to drive this way today and not the way I normally go. So why do we think I've got to hold on to this thing like it's, you know, like I'm on the edge of a cliff, I've got to hold on. Um, if it doesn't feel right anymore, we gift whoever's mm. listening permission to... Yeah. Just change it. It. Yeah, yeah, change it. Move on. Move on. Find one that makes you happy right now. Yeah. Yes. And brings you joy or brings you whatever the thing is that you um, want. Pick the word joy, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying do the things, be the things that bring you joy and the joy is just going to come yeah. anyway. Yeah. So what does soul-led Lisa do daily weekly monthly yearly whenever she feels like it just to connect with her yeah look you know for me nature is probably my number one thing because you know because I have um well in human design terms an open head center which means everyone else's thoughts in there not really so much fun a lot of the time right and so what I noticed years and years and years ago I was um the boyfriend I had at the time and we were way out in the bush and my head was silent and I was like, who is this person? <laughs> what happened? Where did my brain go? And then as we drove back into town, I was like, oh, my gosh, I could start hearing all the thoughts of all the people. And it was such a clear indicator for me that, oh, I need to go in spaces where there's no people. So for me, one of the, the best things is literally that, going in a space where there's no people. And I'm very lucky, you know, I live on a creek like it's, 10 meters from my back deck and I live five minutes walk from the beach so I, I consider myself incredibly fortunate you know and I will say I created it that way energetically like I set the energy of this is what I require to live a good life you know um, so yeah so nature definitely I think too for me painting and art because it does allow my brain just to go on a holiday. And, and see, my paintings, are, you probably can't see enough of enough, yeah, and they're not the best examples, but um, my paintings are very energetic. And so I find that if I paint, all that energy that's kind of buzzing around inside actually has an outlet that then actually is a contribution to other people without there having to be words involved, you know? Mm -hmm. And not that words are a problem I like writing a lot you know but those two things um really work well for me and just being playful doing being silly you know just doing things that have no outcome because I think for so much of the time we're we're, we're taken into this space where you've got to do things for the outcome you know there's there's such a focus on targets and goals and all that kind of stuff and for me actually where my soul really just expands dynamically is when there's full liberation from any should from any outcome from anything where I have to do something so I basically build in a lot of that space for all of those things in my world because if I don't miserable soul miserable Lisa <laughs> which we no one needs to be miserable but I can no. hear I can hear people thinking I can't do that and yes. when I say that, I mean the, the concept of fun or play because, you know, I've got work, I've got kids, I've got, mm. you know, technology mm. where my boss or whomever can contact me all the time and it's kind of like, oh, I don't have time for that. I'll put it off until. Mm. Um, but what, we're, what you're saying is it's kind of like you diarise fun in your life. Yeah, yeah. And, and you have to put aside sometimes in your day or your week where 
nothing is expected of you. Because that's for me where the listening comes in, where I can actually hear, well, what, or when I say hear, sense, whatever you want, you know, your way of being is, but what is my, my soul is asking? Like if I, and you know, a lot of people get ideas in the shower and there's good reason for that. It's the only time they give themselves a break. Yeah. You know, it's not that the shower is particularly wonderful. <laughs> it's actually that that's the only time, only space you give yourself. So I think, you know, if, if you're there and you're thinking, and I don't mean you, I mean, people listening, if you're thinking, I can't do that, then I, my sense is the invitation to you today is to start to look at, well, where can you give yourself space and what kind of space is generative for you? Because it is different for different people, you know, and it took me a little bit of trial and error to work out what really works for me. Um, for me, not having a lot of people around um, really does clear out my brain. And so I get clear on, well, what is it I want to create as compared to what is it the world is trying to create around me, <laughs> you know? And it's funny because I live in, you know, a place where there's a lot of tourism. And yesterday I was like, it's Monday and I can't seem to work. I wonder what that's, what's going on? And then I looked up the date because I'm not very time oriented. And I'm like, oh, Australia Day today you know, and I know this is in the future when we're recording this, but I was like, oh, everyone's taken a long weekend because it yes. was a public holiday today, but not yesterday, technically speaking. And as soon as I knew that, I was like, oh, okay. So I need to do something that doesn't require a full-on work brain because actually there's so much energy out there that is in another space that it, it would be, I would be working so much harder to do that. So it is about getting to know your own energy flows and your ways of being. I think that's what's really important. And we all have different ways. And, you know, one thing I am going to do this year, and I haven't done it yet, but it's maybe by the time this episode's out, it will be done, is start um, creating for people a whole lot of examples of different creative routines and different ways of doing what we're just talking about so that you can find your own way. Because I remember when I had burnout, and that psychic said to me, you know, you need to go and like write down 20 ways to be creative. And I was like, you've got to be kidding, 20? Mm. You know, like I, I remember just looking at her like I'd rather die, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as if it was the most terrible thing I'd ever heard. And, and when I look back now, I'm like, oh, you poor little thing, you know. <laughs> but at the time, because of this place I was in, that felt incredibly difficult. And I think my first list had eight things on it. I remember going, wow, that's not really that flash. I can see why she said that to me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that anyone who's in that place of going, oh, I can't do that, the invitation is to go, well, ask your soul if it would like your version of this and then begin the process of excavating what that may look like, you know, because mm -hmm. I think this is how we evolve the world is by more of us choosing this way of being where we're not obsessively work focused and productivity for I think productivity focused is the thing you know the soul is not productivity focused the soul is flow focused joy -focused. yeah yeah gorgeous yeah. and I think I might put out to whoever's listening to contact you or me or both of us and share their creative yeah. led pursuit because Absolutely. I know for me clothes are part of my creative process and I talk about the sanctuary languages and there's um, four of them but you are majority two primary and a secondary and creativity is one of my sanctuary languages and I think when people naturally hear that as, as I said earlier usually painting or 
something, you know, drawing or something with your hands. And it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Maybe you are able to do your hair in the most incredible way. That to me is creativity. Maybe you can create a gorgeous vignette in your lounge room with plants and, you know, knickknacks mm. that you've got. That's creative. Maybe you're a gardener. That's creative. So let's ask anyone who listens to get in touch um, and share because I think that's a beautiful mm. I, I think we've all been in that situation where we can only get eight things on our list and then we yes. go, oh, there's got to be more. And then we. <laughs> yes. And, you know, that energy of there's got to be more. Like I, I reckon I must have this conversation about once a year with someone. There'll be this energy come up, you know, and for me it always shows up when I'm really bored and I'm like driving around aimlessly. For me, I always if I'm driving around aimlessly wishing there was something more, I know, oh, okay, there's something here. And it's really interesting actually because the something more is always more of who we are. It's not always something on the outside, you know. And so often we're seeking something on the outside, but it's actually the ex- more of the expression of who we are. And I think, you know, creativity to me is two things. It's the expression of who we truly are and it's the, um, the, the creation of something different, the innovate. So there's the innovation side and then there's the expression side, you know. Yeah. And it's like... Yeah, art and sort of things with your hands is the very obvious expression, but there's so much more to that. And it's just about, and, and I think this is the, the value of the play, actually, is when you play, you start to discover those other ways. Mm, gorgeous, gorgeous. So we probably should start to wrap up and I've got two things I want to ask you. Firstly, okay. is let's talk about Soul Quest and Undimmable and let's just kind of, introduce the listener to what that is and the evolution of it because we know that SoulQuest has you know it's beautiful and it's we don't know what's going on there so you share with us what's going on okay so when Helen and I first booked this particular conversation um it was because I was mad keen on creating this beautiful thing called SoulQuest and I'm still creating it but the timing has probably moved a little I feel I'm waiting for the world to be ready for SoulQuest let's just say and SoulQuest is a bundle of courses that really invite you to experience your soul in all kinds of different ways and so if it is available at the time this goes to air we will put the link in the thing and um, if not get on Helen's mailing list and or mine whatever and we will let you know via our mailing list when it actually comes alive so that is soul quest in a nutshell and it's funny because you know this is the thing about being flexible I think is so important in the time we're in we can think one thing and then two weeks later it can be completely different and you've got to be willing to change your mind so yeah and then there's undimmable and undimmable again, isn't fully formed because I have been working around that energy for many, many years now. And I've run lots and lots of different courses around it, but I can feel there's a flagship course coming that is called Undimmable, or it may be a membership. So again, by the time this goes to air, it'll be clear and I will give Helen a link. But at the moment, it's just literally like, I just know that's the energy that is really important for me to bring to the world this year, you know? Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I agree that things are just moving, right? Moving fast. Yeah. And what, I, I mean, I said to you before we came um, on air, is like, oh yeah, I came up with something a week ago, but now I know that's not even going to happen. It's like, hold on. Yeah. It's, I've just got to, and, and we're the same. We just have to 
keep up with the pace of the, the vibes and energy around it. So mm. any links are in the show notes. So go there, check them out, and you will be the first to know <laughs> whether it's yeah, Old Quest or Undimmable or some other amazing magic that Lisa yeah. is um is weaving at her end. The only thing, the last thing I'd like to ask Lisa is if you were to leave the listener with one piece of advice on their sanctuary journey, what would it be? Mm. Create an environment that nurtures you. And when I say that, it can be the physical, it can be the energetic, it can be the people around you, it can be a whole lot of different things. But there's something about when the environment around you supports you and nurtures you, it actually allows you to be all you came here to be. But when you when you feel like you're not nurtured or you're the only one doing all the nurturing and there's not much coming in, then of course you don't feel like you can even relate to anything we've talked about today. So yeah, it really is about receiving, receiving the nurturing. Yeah, beautiful. And gifting yourself permission to receive the nurturing. Yeah. yeah. That's another yeah. little hurdle to get over perhaps before you yeah. get there. Or you could just go, hell, I'm just doing it anyway. I don't care what anyone thinks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> sometimes yeah. you just got to choose it. You just got to go, you know what? The whole world can hate me for this and I'm going to do it anyway. And you know what? My soul will love it and so will I. And it will make my life incredibly fulfilling and awesome and amazing. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> yes, that, that, that. <laughs> So where can everyone find you, Lisa? What's the best spot? If you go to lisamurray.co, that's my website. It's not a, a, a .com, it's a .co. And, yeah, that's the best place. And then from there you'll find all the social media and all the other things. So, yeah, that's great. Beautiful. I'll, obviously that's in the show notes as well for people to connect with Lisa. Lisa and I have known each other possibly for about a decade. We'd have to wind our brains back a bit further, I think, to work it out exactly. Um, but I just yeah. love your vibe, your energy, the fact that you shot with this gorgeous red hair, that's <laughs> divine, um, and have been able to share some of your wisdom with us today. Lisa, thank you. It's been absolutely amazing having this conversation with you. It's very heartlifting for me. Thanks, Helen. It's been great to chat with you. I've really enjoyed it. Thank and thanks, you. everyone, for listening in the future. Yeah, yeah. And head on over and sign up to Lisa's mailing list and all of that as well. So if you are interested as well, please head over to the Helen Joy Butler website to grab your Sanctuary Starter Kit and to join us in the Sanctuary Inner Circle. But until next time, take care and much love.